Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Luke chapter 5 reading from uh, verses 1 to 8. Luke chapter 5, the Word of God says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, He said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. King James says, nevertheless, at your word. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats full and they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, for I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And then Jesus says to him, Follow me. Let's pray. Father, so grateful that we can gather in this place to worship you and to glorify you. We thank you that your word is anointed, that this word has the capacity to shift and to change something in our lives. Father, I pray that as I share this word today, that there would be faith in our hearts. And I pray that there would be hunger in each of us here today as individuals to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Speak to us, I pray. We don't want just more words, Lord God. We want the revelation of the Holy Spirit today, we pray. There be nothing in me that hinders this word. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Let there be freedom to preach your word and to hear your word today, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As Pastor Joseph said, next week we'll be taking a special offering for um, the Bakehouse Theatre. And as we spoke about this with the leadership team, uh, we just felt not to do a campaign like we did last year. Uh, We just um, uh, wanted to encourage people to pray, uh, get a word from God about about their giving and to take a step of of faith uh, in relation to this. And I know you're a generous church. You've always been a generous church. And I know that the situation is in God's hands. So we just want you to pray, get a word from God and, and take a step of faith in relation to this. So it's that that I want to speak about today. I want to speak about the power of faith. I want to speak about the power of faith. The Bible says that each of us has been given a measure of faith. But some people say, well, I struggle to believe. The Bible says each of us has been given a measure of faith. And the difference is that for some people, that faith has been activated. And for some people, that faith is dormant, but it's inside all of us. 
And my prayer today that as we explore this topic, that the faith that's inside of us shall be activated. And to help us unpack this, I want to look at the story in the Bible that we just saw uh, in the video. The Bible says the disciples had gone fishing. They'd, they'd fished all night, caught nothing, um, which has been generally my experience when it comes to fishing. And Jesus says to Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answers, I love Simon. Simon doesn't think things. Simon doesn't think, well, what will Jesus, the Son of God, say or think if I say these words? Simon thinks something, and before he can think about what he's thinking, he's saying the words. That's what I love about him. And Simon answers and says, Master, Master. I like that. He said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets for a catch. Well, Peter obeys, and there was such a great catch that his boat began to sink. It's a well-known story, a powerful story that speaks to us about the power of faith. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to be people of faith. We worship by faith. We pray by faith. We give by faith. One of the things that we need to do in our lives is cultivate an attitude of faith. I pray that every time we come to church, we come with, a, with an attitude of faith, believing that God could do something, believing that God could speak, believing that, that something could change in our hearts and in our lives. If we come to church religiously and think, well, you know, uh, this is just going to be another service. You know, I speak about this often because there's nothing that God hates more than anything else. It's religion. And the, and the last thing we want here at Life Christian Center is to come to church religiously, where we, we just come, we got three songs, oh, I like those songs, and what's he going to speak on today? Jokes were amazing today. And, and, and then we walk out of this place the same way we walked in. Whereas when we come to church with an attitude of faith, something shifts, something changes. The Bible says when two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And the reason why we gather in faith is because God is in the midst of us. It's not because of me. It's not because of this church. It's because God is present. And if God is present, then something can shift in my heart and in my life. One of the things that we need to cultivate in the church is an atmosphere of faith. In an atmosphere of faith, God speaks. In an atmosphere of faith, miracles happen. In an atmosphere of faith, people are set free from strongholds. Habits are broken. Marriages are healed. Burdens are lifted. The impossible suddenly starts to become possible again. In an atmosphere of faith, God begins to move. Can I hear an amen? amen. Jesus said, everything is possible for him who, what, who believes. For everyone who has faith. When Jesus spoke to the centurion, the Bible says he was astonished. Imagine Jesus was astonished. What is it that caused Jesus to become astonished? He said to those following, I tell you the truth, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. The centurion was a Roman. He wasn't even a Jew. And imagine Jesus is surrounded by the disciples that he's just handpicked. And he says to them, he says, listen, I've not seen faith like this anywhere. Another time Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Then there's a story of the woman with the bleeding. Jesus turned and said, you know, she just said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she does. She's healed instantly. And Jesus turns to her and he says, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. You know, uh, um, I don't know everything there is to know about faith. But what I do know is, 
that Jesus always responds to faith. That Jesus always responds to faith. Sometimes it's our faith. Jesus says to the woman, your faith has healed you. There's another situation and it's in another one of the episodes where four men bring this paralyzed guy through the roof and, on, and, on, and at the feet of Jesus and the place is crowded. They couldn't bring this man in so they lower him through the roof. And, and the Bible says that Jesus says, Jesus saw their faith and he heals the man. It's the power of faith. It's the power of an atmosphere of faith. And Jesus always responds to faith. I love the way the dictionary defines faith. It says this, it's complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It's a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Question is, who do we trust like that? Who, who, do, we, who do we have our confidence in in that way? Well, some people put their faith in the economy. Well, that's, that's, that's not always going to be great. When it's going well, fantastic, but, but the economy uh, can go up and down at any time. Some people put their faith in the government, science, medicine, all of that is good. But ultimately, our trust and our confidence as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, our faith and confidence is in the God that we serve. The psalmist says, I love this. He says, for you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Yet this I call to mind because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. There, then you every morning, Jeremiah's faith was in God and he knew that he was going to see him through. Maybe there's someone here today, you're going through a tough time. Maybe you need a miracle in your life. Maybe this COVID season has been difficult for you. Maybe you've been praying for something for years and not had a response. Jesus said, listen to the words of Jesus. He said, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Now, I don't know how small a mustard seed is, but I reckon it's pretty small. Uh, it says, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move nothing. For nothing shall be impossible for you. I don't know about you, but how many would pray, Lord, increase my faith in the name of Jesus. Release the faith that's in my life. And I want to pray that God is going to release faith in our lives and we will see the mountains move in our own hearts. Question is, how do we activate the faith that's inside of us? How do we activate the faith that's inside you and me? Well, the first thing that we need to do, and there's a few lessons that come out of this story. The first thing that we need to do is activate general faith. Activate our general faith. Faith. We need to believe that God can move in our lives, that God is all powerful, that God is sovereign, that God can, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It's a great story in the Bible of Abraham and Sarah and God had appeared to Abraham and said that he would be the father of a great nation and he appeared to him on a number of occasions and reminded him of the promise. You know the story, the problem is the years were passing and there were no children. And now Sarah and Abraham are in their 90s and, and there's still no child. And by now, Sarah, you know, the Bible tells us, you know, she's beyond uh, childbearing years. And, and one day these men came to Abraham, believed to be a theophany or a Christophany. Does that sound impressed? Are you impressed? Come on. <laughs> Big words. Come on, man. Uh, a theophany is God appearing in person or a Christophany is Jesus appearing in person in the Old Testament. I'm impressed. And they said to Abraham, listen, they said to Abraham, by this time next year, you will have a son. 
Sarah hears this in the background and she starts to laugh. You know the story. And the Bible says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, capital L-O-R-D, one of the people that was standing there, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Sarah says, No, I wasn't really laughing. Of course she was laughing. And then the Lord says these words, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Let me tell the story last year when uh, uh, God gave us the grace to buy the building next door. It was a miracle. Grace, grace, fantastic, amazing. And then in December, we, we, we get this phone call from a real estate agent saying the bakehouse is for sale. And, you know, I had compa- uh, conflicting emotions at that time, excited because, hey, it's, it's, it's available and fantastic. It's just an amazing opportunity here, but dread at the same time. I said, we've just gone to the church. We've just, we've just asked the church to, you know, to give to this project. And, and, uh, and now we're, we're going to go back to the church and, you know, how are we going to fund this and all the rest of it? And, and the Lord gave me a scripture back in, in Joshua 21, reminded me just this week of it. I'm reading through Joshua right at the moment that, you know, that, that God would, would give us the land and, and so on and so on. And, and then obviously that came through and that was great. And the next stress, uh, in, in I'm full of faith just for the record, all right? The next stress that came over me, you know, uh, was how are we going to fund this thing? And so I'm reading my Bible that day. And as I'm reading the Bible, I'm reading through this particular story in Genesis. And the, the scripture that hits me is, is anything too hard for the Lord? And, you know, in some ways, even through all of this, I've kind of just rested in the fact that, you know what, Lord, we didn't open this door. We didn't go hunting for this. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't go seeking for this. You've opened this door, and I know that you're going to supply because nothing is too difficult for you. Now, I thank God, you know, the finance has been released, even in the midst of this COVID season where every, banks are going crazy. We approached a few banks, not interested. And, you know, God has still given us the opportunity to be able to get the funds. And I, and I thank God for that. And, and, and so that's why we're not putting a lot of pressure for next week. But we, we, we still want to give you an opportunity to participate in this. So it's a great question to all of us. Is anything too hard for the Lord? How many of us think that faith is just, now many of us think that faith is just a religious activity. But the reality is faith is something that we use every single day in our lives. Remember, faith is the complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Every time we sit on a chair, we exercise faith. How many people tested the chair you were to sit on just to check if it was okay? No, you just came in and sat on that chair. It's because you believed that that chair could sustain you. Every time we turn on the tap, we use faith, switch on the light. And we say, well, that's not really faith. We switch on the light because every other time we have switched on the light, the lights come on. Hello. You know, uh, fact is, we can't actually see the electricity, can we? And we don't know if it's connected to the power source or not. But because it's gone on the last 20 times, we believe it's going to go on in time 21. Amen. Not, you're not teach, I'm not teaching anything you here, nothing you. Remember, faith is the complete confidence or trust in someone or something. And the reason why we put our faith in God is because he has proven himself again and again. And there's no reason to believe that he will not intervene the next time in the name of Jesus.
In fact, the Bible is a record of the power of God manifest amongst his people. He's the God that can make a way through the Red Sea. We sang about that this morning. He was behind the waters. He's pushing them back. He's the God that can heal the blind, shut the mouths of lions. He can defeat a giant with a slingshot, multiply oil. He can defeat armies that are bigger and stronger. And if he's done all of that before, there's no reason why he's not going to do that again in the name of Jesus. The Bible is a record of what God has done the last 20 times and there's no reason he's not going to do it again in our hearts and in our lives. God asks you and me the question, is anything too hard for me? It's a rhetorical question because it's not really requiring an answer. God is saying, listen, nothing is too hard for me. Nothing is too hard for me. And the only thing that stops us from accessing the power of God, the presence of God, is faith. How does faith begin? It begins by activating general faith. The second thing we need to do is bring our challenge to God. Jesus said to Peter, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answers, Master, we've worked hard all night and have caught nothing. And here the fisherman was on the side of the shore mending their nets and there was no fish. They were exhausted. They tried everything and no fish. And Jesus says, why don't you launch out into the deep? And they begin to tell Jesus the problem. In case Jesus didn't know, you know what I mean? We fished all night, we caught nothing. We're tired and we're exhausted. One of the things that we can, one of the greatest things that we can do is bring our challenges to God. And maybe there are some people here this morning. You've, you've tried, you've tried, you've tried. Maybe you're in, a, you're, you're, in a, you're in a situation where you're tired and exhausted. And, and, and there's something inside of you that's almost feeling like giving up. <laughs> Greatest thing that we can do when we're in that situation is, is bring our needs before the Lord. It's all we can do. That's, that's, where, that's what prayer is all about. The Bible says again and again, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. James says you receive not because you ask not. It's what prayer is. Prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is expressing what's inside of us, what we're experiencing to God. It's an act of faith. It's saying, you know what, God, I can't deal with this, but I know that you can. Paul says to the Philippians, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen to what it says in the Passion Translations. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. That's what anxiety actually is. That's what fear is. It's being pulled in different directions. But be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail. Of your life. What a great scripture. Some of you are saying, Pastor Joe, I've done that so many times and nothing's happened. What's the point of praying? I don't know why God has not answered your prayer. But what I do know is that God invites us to come into his presence with boldness in our time of need. Hebrews says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How do we activate our faith? Well, first of all, we believe that God can. And secondly, on the basis of the fact that we believe that God can, we present our need before God. 
Third thing that we need to do is get a word from God. Every miracle begins in the heart of God. And so we cry out to God to get a word from Him. The Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So many people think that faith is about, you know, you've got to work it up. You've got to, you've got to increase your faith. You've got to kind of, you know, come on, come on, come on Joe. You can, you can do this like a, like a coach, you know, motivating a football team. Some people think that that's how we motivate faith in our lives. No, faith comes simply by hearing the word of God. Listen, Jesus says to Peter, put out into the deep, let down your nets. Simon answered, said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, listen, at your word, at your word, we will let down the nets. As we pray and seek God, then God will begin to speak to us about our situation. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know that the key to breakthrough, miracle, answer, is to get a word from God. It's to get a word from God. Uh, you know uh, that there are two Greek words that for word in the Bible. There's logos, which is the general word of God. And then there's rhema, which is a specific word of God. Sometimes what happens as we're, as we're you know, uh, struggling with a particular situation, um, we go to the word and, and we begin to, to read the word of God. That's the general word of God. But occasionally one of the verses will just pop out and speak to us specifically about what we're going through. That's a rhema. In the text, when Peter says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, the Greek word there is the word rhema. Jesus says to Peter, let down your nets. Nevertheless, at your rhema, I will let down the nets. It's the power of a word from God. This brings us to ask the next question, which is how do you get a word from God? Well, you learn to get a word from God by spending time with God. God is a relational God. And what God wants with you and me more than anything else is a relationship. And in a relationship, two people speak. Prayer is about speaking to God. As we speak to God, God then starts to speak back. And God speaks to us in so many different ways. He speaks to us through his word, as I've already said. Sometimes he speaks through people. Sometimes he speaks through a message like this. Sometimes he'll speak through circumstances. But he also speaks by the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit. Sounds much like a thought, but it's not a thought. It's us. It's, it's God speaking to us. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You know, you're, some of you are saying, Pastor Joe, I get it. I get it that God speaks to you because, you know, you're a, you're a part of the clergy. Like, you're a pastor. Like, you, that's what's meant to happen. But I don't think God could speak to me. Um, I, I, I want you to know that I bleed like you. Amen? If you cut me, I'll bleed just like you. I have the same issues that you have. I have the same thoughts that go through my mind, that go through your mind. I'm just like you. I'm a human being just like you are. And the greatest thing that we can do is learn to cultivate our relationship with God and, and, and learn how God speaks to us because He wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to you. I know that might sound weird to you, but, but I want you to know that God wants to speak a word into your heart. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, God wants to speak a word into your heart. And so, okay, Pastor Joe, so it's a thought. But how do you know if that thought is from God or from us? And ultimately, what we need to learn to do is discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to us. And the way you do that is by just spending time with God. If most of you called me, I, I wouldn't know who you are. If most of you called me during the week and, you know, you're on the other end of the line. I, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't know who you are. But when Lana calls me, it can be a bad line. It can be, uh, you know, interference. When she says, sweetie, 
I know that it's her. It could also be because my phone is flashing in red, you know. It's landed up. Uh, uh, but I know that it's her. Why? Because, because we've spent time together. A lot of time together. Now listen. The more time you spend with God, the more you learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's the key. Some of, our, uh, some of us want, want the drive-through word from God. You know, we go through McDonald's, you know. Yes, what would you like? I'd like a word from God. Thank you very much. First window, just go there and you'll be able to get the word from God. We, we don't want to do the work. We, we, we want an intimate relationship in our marriage, but we're not willing to do the work required to have that kind of a relationship. It's the same with God. It takes work. And the more time you spend with God, the more you learn to discern the voice of the Spirit. Remember, your primary mission in life is to know God, not just about Him, not just know Him as a historical figure or a, or a religious figure. Our purpose in life is to develop an intimate relationship with God. And it's an intimate friendship with God. It's a relationship with God. That's what He wants to have with you and me. And as you develop that relationship with God, then you begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. God begins to speak to us. It's powerful. It's, it's what Christianity is all about. It's something we all ought to cultivate. So as you pray about what you're going through, Lord, were you fished all night? Lord, I'm tired. Lord, I'm exhausted. Lord God, I don't know what to do anymore. Then God will begin to speak a word into your heart. Let down your nets. This brings us to the last point. It's not just the hearing the word. It's obeying the word. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. I, I love that word, nevertheless. Lord, it doesn't make any sense, but nevertheless. Lord, it's not rational, but nevertheless, it goes against everything that I believe, nevertheless. Jesus, don't you understand? I'm a fisherman. But Peter understood that this was not just a word from anybody. This was a word from the master, that this was a word from God, that this was a word from the Lord. And he says, nevertheless, that's your word. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Um, as we obey, as we step out in faith, the miracle begins to happen. The Bible tells the story of Isaac. He was in a season of famine. He was about to leave where he was. Where he was. He was in a, listen carefully. He was in a season of famine. And so he begins to think, you know what? I need to go to another country where I can get some food. And God says to him, you stay right where you are. The Bible says, then Isaac sowed in that land. And reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. He had a word from God. He obeyed that word, and God blessed him in a season of famine. God blessed him. You know, we can be going through whatever it is we be God. We can be in whatever season we want. The greatest thing that we can do is put our trust in God. We go to God. Whatever decisions we need to make, you know, the big decisions of life and, and even the little ones, we go to God and say, God, what do you think about what I'm about to do, Lord God? What do you think about this decision? It's about a job, about marriage, about this or about that, or about whatever it is, God is interested in our lives. And as we go to God, we say, God, what do you think I should do? And if our ears are open to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, He will speak a word into our hearts. And as we obey that word, as we put faith in that word, we say, God, but it doesn't make any sense. Nevertheless, at your word. As we do, the miracle happens. In Acts, the Bible tells us that the early church was being threatened by the authorities. How did they handle the threats? They prayed. It's recorded in Acts chapter 4. I love this prayer. It says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the, the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Some people say, Pastor John, I don't know how to pray. 
Prayer is just simply talking to God. It's just simply talking to God. God is not interested in fancy words. People have said to me in the past, Pastor Joe, will you write a prayer for me? Because you pray amazingly. I say, you know what? I'm putting a book out soon with all my prayers. You'll be able to. That's not true. That's a joke, all right? That's a joke. I say, listen, what God is interested in is not the words. It's your heart. He's just interested in your heart. You know, uh, your spouse, you might read a poem to your spouse and they might be impressed once. But if you keep reading that poem, they're going to say, hey, you read that yesterday. I'm not interested anymore. Read, find something new. What, 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 what our spouse is interested in more than anything else is words that come from our hearts. What God is interested in more than anything else, it's what's in our heart. It's what's coming in our heart. And Lord, I'm going through a really hard time right now and I don't know what to do, Lord God. You know, Lord, I know that you're real. I know your word says you're the creator of the heavens and the earth, but it doesn't feel like it right now. I don't even know if you're real, Lord God. Would you intervene in my situation, increase my faith? And so they come to God and they begin to pray. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. What did they do in a bind? They prayed, sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. I love the way they start by by activating general faith. General faith, Lord, you created the heavens and the earth. Remember, God is going, oh yeah, I forgot I did that. Thank you for reminding me. And then he goes on and then he says, "Now, now Lord, consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. I love that. Stretch out your hand. These guys, they're not praying, oh God, deliver them. Oh God, smash the enemies. Oh God, destroy them. No, listen to what they're praying for. Oh God, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then after they prayed, verse 31, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak the Word of God boldly. In an atmosphere of faith, God begins to move. In an atmosphere of faith, God begins to move. In an atmosphere of faith, God begins to speak and God begins to move. How do we activate our faith? Believe that God can intervene. Cry out to God. Get a word from God. And then obey. And as I said before, I don't know everything there is to know about faith, but what I do know is the words of Jesus who says everything is possible for him who believes. We are right on the edge of our time. But I want to pray for some people here today. Just before we finish in a song, I want to pray for some people here today. Normally we would do an altar call. We would invite people to come forward, uh, but we've got a COVID marshal now, so we're not allowed to do that. Um, But what we want to do is I I want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. How many people believe the Holy Spirit is present here today? How many people believe that God is present here today? If you came to church just to listen to me, I feel sorry for you. What makes today different is the Holy Spirit is is present here. It's the presence of God. It's the power of God. So I want every eye closed, every head bowed. And as I said, I'd normally do an altar call here. We wouldn't, we're not going to do that, but just stay seated. And what I, what I want to do is this. It's just simply this. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. But if you, if you feel you, there's a need in your life and you'd like prayer, uh, I, I want you to activate your faith. How, Pastor Joe, how do I activate my faith? Well, one of the ways you can activate your faith is just simply by standing right where you are. 
and I'm going to pray with you. So if you'd like prayer this morning, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you through this word. I just want you to stand and I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to believe, believe God for you. That's right. Just stand. It doesn't matter if there's one, two, five, ten. It doesn't matter. If you, if you, if you believe that you have a need from God, that's right. And be embarrassed or ashamed or in the presence of God. I'm standing with you, okay? I'm up here, but I'm going to stand with you. And believe that God is going to do something in our hearts and lives today. He's a good God. He's a gracious God. Maybe you need healing. Come on, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you step out in faith today? Come on, this is not going to be just another Sunday morning. This is not just going to be another Sunday. It's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Almighty. There's a miracle in the house of God today. We're going to reach out in faith and believe that God can do something that we could never do on our own. That's right. Pastor Joe, how do I know if I should stand or not? Right now, you just, you're, you, you're feeling hot and you, everything inside of you is saying, come on, why don't we stand? And Come on, don't resist. Don't resist the voice of the Spirit. This is an opportunity for God to intervene in your life. Pastor Joe, what if I, what if I do stand and pray and nothing happens? Doesn't matter. I, I've said to the Lord many times, I said, God, you know what? I'm, I'll be back here tomorrow. And then I'm going to be back here the next week. And I'll be back here again. And I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be back here for the rest of my life, Lord God, crying out to you. I'm not leaving you, Lord God, because I believe that you're the God that can do mighty things. And so, Father, you see every person that's standing in the name of Jesus. Father, you see the mountains that are before us, those impossibilities, those things that just seem impossible, Lord God. I just pray that by the Spirit of God that you would reach out in the name of Jesus. Your Word says, Lord God, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be gone. I just pray that faith would be activated this morning in Jesus' name. That faith would be released in the name of Jesus. That you will do what only you can do, Lord God. Nevertheless, at your Word. It doesn't make any sense, but at your Word. Speak by the Holy Spirit. Father, you're the God that can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or even imagine, Lord God. And we put our faith in you. We, we bind every spirit of doubt. We bind every spirit of fear. Let faith be released in this congregation right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't we all stand together?